0: It takes more than sweet Emacs skills to be a great engineer. This is Soft Skills Engineering,
1: episode 80. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. You said Emacs, so I have to save him. <laughs> it compels me.
0: <laughs> For what it's worth, I haven't used Emacs in like 15 years.
1: I don't know why. I just, I just took the other path <laughs> down the road
0: but it definitely takes more than great Emacs skills to be a great engineer that much it does it also takes significant pinky strength
1: (laughs) Uh, i don't know for for someone who sure likes vim a lot i think the editor debate is maybe the most boring conversation you can have (laughs) in technology yeah tabs
0: versus spaces is much more fun
1: yeah it's right on the same level as that Mm -hmm. i i don't care that much what is this
0: what are we doing soft skills engineering is a weekly advice show for software developers about non-technical subjects man it's just so smooth when you say it i had an extra pat of butter on my toast this morning
1: <laughs> which side was it on though <laughs> speaking of dumb debates you butter your toast am
0: I, How does it go? a butter side upper or butter side downer yeah i think that's yeah the, that's the dr seuss reference right yep that guy was really political, by the way. Really? Oh yeah. When I read his books as an adult, I'm like, oh, oh wow, this guy was really saying something,
1: <laughs> huh? I mean, one fish, two fish has a red fish and a blue fish. <laughs> I guess that could be like communist fish, liberal, Democrat conservative. Fish. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh no, yeah, you're right. It's Republican fish, Democrat. <laughs> oh yeah. Well,
1: okay, okay, yeah, or communist. <laughs> so maybe he's talking specifically about about uh, the Democratic side and. Mm-hmm. I don't think The so. far left wing versus the center left.
0: <laughs> That's where the real debate happens. One fish, two
1: fish is a political allegory for our time. And That's I will funny. go back and read it through those eyes. But first, I'm going to read this question. Sounds good. This is from a listener, Z. Hey, guys, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the transition from web developer to becoming a team lead. Is there such a thing as taking this management role too early in one's career? I'm about five years into it, and I recently took on the team lead role. I'm feeling more out of touch with the code base. Is this purely a matter of putting in some extra time or is this sort of deeper understanding of the code base, not part of a team leads responsibilities in general? How does a team lead go about introducing new technologies when they don't have as much time to actually implement them? Thank you for your insights and for putting together a great podcast. You're welcome. So far.
0: Yeah. It's not too late (laughs) (laughs) to jump the shark. I like how Z snuck two questions in there.
1: Yeah. No, it's not too early. That's the first answer. Mm -hmm. Five years feels like a not outrageously fast or slow. I don't know what the average time is, but uh, seeing someone be a team lead five years in, I'm just, I don't know. That seems fine.
0: Yeah. I recently was looking at someone's LinkedIn profile, a, a more or less famous Twitter personality. And this individual had been a software developer for like a year and a half and was then Promoted to, like, director of engineering for a well-known tech company. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) five years feels downright slow compared to that.
1: (laughs) There are many paths, I guess. Uh, Yeah, no set amount of time. Five years is fine. Longer than five years is fine. Shorter could be fine, too.
0: And it's not a one-way door. If you take this uh, position as team lead, which it looks like you have... You can always go back. You might have to change jobs to do it, but you can definitely go back. You're not locked in for life. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. Uh, Charity Majors, I, th- I think she's the one that said this. She started, she she worked at Parse and Facebook and then started an infrastructure company. Um, she said that she feels like the most effective technical people are the ones that bounce back and forth between senior developer and, and kind of lower level management like team lead mm. um, because they have good insight into kind of the organizational side, but they're still in the technology enough to contribute technically. Interesting. I'll
0: tell you what, there's nothing that makes you a good follower like being a leader for a while. Yeah. You know, good team member. Yeah. I mean, in my last company, we actually rotated the team lead assignment. We've talked about this on the show before. So, following the logic from, uh, who did you say? That charity was, majors. Yeah. So following charity majors logic,
1: I was just all over that. Just nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> you were prescient. Um, okay. What about the second question? Or not? Oh, I, I almost called Z X. That's probably really offensive. <laughs> Sorry, Z. Um, what about the second question? How do you How do you stay in touch? Yeah. Feeling. Feeling. Well, there's even two more. These questions are recursive. Uh, There are two more questions in here. One is like, I feel kind of out of touch with the technology. The other one is, Mm -hmm. how do I make technical decisions or help the team make technical decisions when I feel out of touch?
0: Okay, wow. Three questions in one. Z, this is like, this is very efficient. You're going to be a great team lead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, key to team lead efficiency is sneaking in a bunch of stuff. (laughs) in what looks like one thing so three story points that should be three stories (laughs) (laughs) each story point is actually a whole epic like a russian (laughs) doll nested i so i have felt out of touch with technology when i have been a team lead and Mm -hmm. it was real distressing to me because I thought my value on the team up to that point had been being very in touch with the technology, knowing Mm -hmm. exactly what was going on and knowing how to fix it and where it was weak and where potential problems could occur and what needed to be added. And I just, more, more and more things kept changing that I couldn't keep up with because of other responsibilities. And I think what I ended up realizing was that I was personally less productive technically in the code base, but my job was to make the team overall more productive. Hmm. And I could do that without knowing the code base in great detail by knowing the team and knowing the context around the team better.
0: Ooh. Ooh. So now you know the people, but not the code as much.
1: Yeah. I mean, I knew the people before, but I know... I know them differently now, or I knew mm. them differently then, and I also knew a lot more about how the team interacted with other teams and the re- and the rest of the company. Mm-hmm. So I might not know, yeah, how tricky this feature might be, but I know how important it is to the rest of the business. Interesting. Or or, or who's like who's blocked by it and who needs it or or what stuff is less important that kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're saying that taking you can see this as getting out of touch with the technology or you can see it as an investment in other kinds of information that is even more valuable to your team.
1: I think so. And it's not individual team members can still know and participate in all these things, but it is more your responsibility to do mm-hmm. it.
0: Mm-hmm. So I've had two different styles of team leads looking back over the years And the one style is like the super in touch has a history with the technology and the code base and the company and knows what to do in many technical uh, situations. And then the other kind of team lead is super hands off, doesn't really have any interest in the technology. Um, And you know what? I've enjoyed working for both of those kinds of people. Hmm. The, uh, the super in touch person is great because you can get their insights. The super hands off person is great because it stretches you to push yourself to learn more and take more of the ownership of making important decisions on yourself. So, I mean, in both, in both those situations, it can be a very effective team leadership dynamic.
1: I mean, it takes a while for your knowledge to decay too. It sounds like Z has moved uh, within the company to be a team lead. So you presumably were working as an individual contributor in the code base and you still know a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So it's not like you just suddenly know nothing, but, i I don't think you should be spending time on your own digging into the code base outside of work to kind of keep up Mm -hmm. i I feel like that's not a great use of your time yeah i don't know i don't think it's outrageously fast but
0: i'd say if um, you want to make sure you stay in touch just demand that every single code review configuration change (laughs) everything just has to go through you (laughs) every little decision that'll make sure you stay in touch
1: yeah, we haven't talked about that enough. That is an anti-pattern. You as a team lead have great power to torpedo your team's productivity by trying to stay in touch and taking on feature work and mm-hmm. doing things that are that are in the critical path of your team. If you want to do some technical work still, that's great. Um, but it should be things that no one will be mad if it takes twice as long because you get pulled into meetings or there's some disaster you have to go mm-hmm. rescue And it it shouldn't be leading core feature work. Definitely not. Yeah. You also, oh, go ahead. Nope, you go ahead. So Z also mentions introducing new technologies.
0: Yeah, I wanted to talk about that too.
1: Yeah, tell me, teach me stuff.
0: So he he asks, uh, or he or she asks, how does a team lead go about introducing new technologies without having as much time to actually implement those new technologies. And I think what's being asked here is like, okay, if I don't have a lot of time to experiment with new tools, technologies, languages, whatever, how can I be relied upon to make these important team lead decisions? And I think maybe there's an assumption in this question that Z thinks that it's the lead's job to make these decisions. But I Mm -hmm. would challenge that and say, it's actually the lead's job to foster an environment where the team can make those decisions productively without you being the one to like bless it now you can nudge and push back and and challenge things but ultimately a healthy team makes these decisions um on their own more or less at least it feels like it's on their own if you feel like you need to make all the important decisions because you're the lead i think you're going to limit your team's potential
1: have you heard horror stories about a team lead that just really loves the technology and shoves it down a team's throat
0: i feel like i have but i can't think of any instances if that ever happened near me i would shut that down pretty hard
1: i i know it happens all the time i've heard so many stories about how the team lead either loves some new thing but they're not they're not in a position to lead the the development of it enough Mm-hmm. So the team is just kind of like floundering or they love some old thing that the team hates. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, it, yeah, it's it's not a great... Um, I think you can lead the team in making sure they have a framework for evaluating technical th- yeah. decisions and making them quickly. Yeah, and you can but, raise and, important and can, questions too. Yeah, and you can also throw in options, but yeah, you you shouldn't be the one who's deciding we're going to use react angular ember view whatever <laughs> tried to combine them all into one word and i just good. said no, i it, just said them all right but you of...
0: didn't put any spaces between them so it came out great yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> your front-end bias is showing Jameson. yeah so i i would say a good way to think about this as the team lead is to um consider what the next level is for you in your own personal growth and if you are if your team is depending on you to make important technical decisions, that's going to prevent you from taking on more responsibility. And basically the, the crux is you don't scale as an individual, but if you build empowerment into your team so that they can make these kinds of decisions without you, then you're setting yourself up for success and being able to take on more responsibility without feeling, you know, extra burden. And it, basically you become more scalable.
1: Yeah. I like what you said earlier about there are several different styles of team lead, too. And and I think I've described the more people-oriented style in, in my mm-hmm. experience. And you don't have to do that. You could be a much more like a super senior dev, kind mm-hmm. of, more more like the architect-type yeah, role. Yeah, that,
0: that's been me in the past when yeah. I was in a management role. Absolutely.
1: Oh, one more thing I wanted to say. There's an HBR article about employee happiness and how it's related to your boss's ability to do your own job Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: it cites some study that says that they found that employees whose bosses could could do the work that they are doing are happier
0: oh because
1: they they feel like they're understood a little bit more i think is the is the subtext um instead of just this faceless like capital m manager that's just ordering people to do things they feel a little more in touch
0: that really resonates with me that's fascinating Hmm. Um, it's been pretty rare that I've had a boss that I felt could do my job or has, or had done my job in the past, but I've had them. And now that you mention it, I feel like I've always had a special connection with those managers. Hmm. And now it's Um, because of science.
1: (laughs) The Harvard business review is not science. It's like (laughs) fancy think pieces, (laughs) but it has the word Harvard in it. So (laughs) 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 they're weighty think pieces yeah uh yeah so so i think there's there is value in still being in touch with the technology but it it can definitely you have a lot more on your plate than just the technology now
0: so just to give you a sense of where my head is when you said hbr i had no idea what that was despite the fact that i literally rode my bike through the harvard campus this morning
1: yeah you didn't they didn't hand it out to you
0: no they weren't like welcome to the home of the hbr
1: I mean, it has the word Harvard in it. I'm probably going to edit this out because this is dumb and boring. But I feel like it's like a spin off kind of. It's not <laughs> It's not like the official campus okay. publication. It it's just like be. people like Harvard and think they're smart. So we licensed the word Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> but I like this article because I agree with it, basically. That's <laughs> the summary. Yeah.
0: I, I can see that. I can definitely see that. That's cool. Okay have we answered z's question i think z good luck with your new team lead role this is going to be challenging for you to strike the balance that works for you but figure out where your strengths are are your strengths in leading people or are your strengths in staying connected with the technology and guiding people to use that technology effectively or somewhere in the middle but don't just discount the one because you feel like you're drifting away from your technological roots um you know, you might want to embrace that, actually, and use it as an opportunity to empower your teams and see what that looks like.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Question answered. Maybe it was Zed this whole time.
0: Zed. Ah. Oh, we're so biased. Yep. To our American
1: A through Z. <laughs> All right. On to the next question. Do you want to read it, Dave?
0: Yep. This comes from a listener named Alfie, who writes, I've recently been promoted to managing a team. Ooh, this is this week's theme. <laughs> Team leads. I've recently been promoted to managing a team and I love it. My colleague also got promoted to managing a team. I am a quote, move fast and learn what works and what doesn't kind of person. He is a quote, I want you to run your decisions by me first kind of person. The problem comes in that I cannot figure out what he expects me to run by him and what decisions I can make on my own. He'll call me out for something and then make a similar decision on his own. It's gotten to the point where I'm afraid every decision will come with a Slack message from him and I will wonder if I <laughs> should just run everything by him. Do you have any ideas what I should do? I'm willing to try anything here.
1: I just had this image in my head of like, you say a thing in a meeting and then like, boop, you just hear the little Slack <laughs> notification immediately. Hey, run that or by worse, anybody. Or worse, you hear it in your boss's computer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: One of the huh. things I, I edited out on accident was um, the other manager's team has some overlap with his. So there's a little bit of uh, shared
1: responsibility, it looks like. Okay. Have you considered asking this person, <laughs> this manager, to run all of his decisions by you? Give him a I don't know. Taste you might want to run that medicine. by me. Maybe, yeah, fire with fire. Slack messages. <laughs> fight Slack messages with Slack messages. I just want to question all <laughs> the assumptions, you know. I just really want to make sure we're doing the right thing. And you don't even have to ask him to run his decisions <laughs> by you. Just run them by and, yourself and then say, on his and then behalf. If he's really good at this, he'll feedback. come back
0: and say, hey, well, I'm not really sure we should be questioning our assumptions. You might want to run that by me.
1: <laughs> Before you question assumptions, uh, you, should, you should think about if if i'm okay with that tell him that you have modeled his behavior <laughs> in your head and you already know saves everyone time. that he would be okay with it so you're just going to go ahead and do it yeah, yeah. Listen. this is
0: this is what's in lean startup is you basically figure out what people are going to say and then you do it yeah there's there's not much there to understand so i got it <laughs> um I can tell you what, huh. though, not as a leader, not knowing what decisions are yours to make versus those that you need to seek guidance on is a very uncomfortable position to be in and very frustrating. Have you heard the word Kafkaesque? I've heard it, but I'm not educated enough. Could to you know use what it means. in a sentence?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I could use it in a sentence, I think. But it would probably not make sense to anyone who actually knows what that word means. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, I don't know that I know what it means either, but I know what I think it means. And I think it means things are very arbitrary. There's this feeling of like faceless bureaucracy. That's not so much what I'm talking about. But also just like arbitrary, weird things happen for for no reason. And that kind of sounds like what you're talking about where you don't really understand the boundaries of your responsibility or authority. You just kind of, like, wait for things to happen?
0: You might want to run those definitions by me before you uh, start saying them out (laughs) loud. (laughs) Um, I just Googled How? (laughs) Am I right? Uh, So, it says here, characteristic of the oppressive or nightmarish qualities of Franz Kafka's fictional world. So, I don't know enough about that world.
1: He, he wrote a book called The Trial, which is about this guy that gets um, arrested and, and told he has to attend a trial for a crime that happened. But mm-hmm. he can't actually find out what the crime was or what the charges were. And the whole mm. book is just him like wandering this city trying to find someone that knows anything about it. And it's it's. It feels like an allegory for business a lot of times. <laughs> it's just like no one knows what's happening, but everyone is very certain that what you are doing is wrong, and soon <laughs> you'll get in trouble. Oh man! Okay,
0: so yes, totally applicable here. Okay, how do you? What do you do in that situation? Um. So I believe that you and I have just stumbled upon the crux of this of this issue, which is an overlapping team charter where you have to run stuff past someone, but you're not clear what stuff you have to run past them and what stuff you don't. You've got to, in my opinion, at this point, you need to sit down and clearly identify a process so that you two can make progress without hindering each other with this follow-up and these like clarifications. And, and uh, I don't know what you call these run it past you things, but um, you've got to sit down and have that, have that out because this is not a sustainable long-term situation And if you have to run every decision past someone else, there may as well only be one of you,
1: right? And I mean, it should be you.
0: (laughs) Clearly. So (laughs) (laughs) There's one way to find out who should survive, though. Yeah. Cage match.
1: (laughs) Uh, With what weapons?
0: I'm thinking just put them in a ball pit and the last person alive, or maybe that's a little gruesome. <laughs> you were not kidding <laughs> i was just trying to merge the idea of a ball pit in a cage match it's really not coming together for me uh,
1: yeah a ball pit cage match i don't know i think it came together <laughs> okay. that feels pretty self-explanatory <laughs> what would you until do until one of you is unconscious <laughs>
0: <laughs> overheated from the sweaty uh yeah, yeah it, it turns humid out they don't cage. have good
1: ventilation <laughs> the plastic balls they use are not breathable <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the next evolution of the ball pit perk they'll all be made out of Gore-Tex or something mm-hmm. so they would like wick sweat away and cost can, thousands you, of dollars
0: you can sleep on them and yeah <laughs> you won't wake up sweaty
1: yeah that where isn't does it go when you? it gets wicked away I don't know <laughs> they all turned brown though <laughs> okay <laughs> Uh, so cage match, I mean, uh, it it sounds like I, I agree with you that, that this is not a great situation and you need to define them clearly. In a little more detail, Alfie mentioned they don't feel like their, their manager is really engaged enough to help resolve this issue. Right. So it kind of comes down to, to you and this other person talking it out. Have you... Have you tried just... To, I mean, it, you dealt with it, but have you talked it out explicitly and said, hey, this is confusing to me. It would be helpful for me to to delineate these responsibilities more clearly um, so, so my team can move the way I want it to.
0: Yeah, exactly. So neither try, of us well, are hindered.
1: Try and make it a good versus evil thing. If you can do that, <laughs> if you can say, I am on the side of of justice and <laughs> your totalitarian approach (laughs) to leadership is harming the good guys and i'm going to take you down
0: i think that that could only lead to a productive healthy conversation in the ball pit in the (laughs) look there's a there's a really good chance here that the overlap between these two teams is actually product ownership area where it's like things that this team
1: does affect this other team yeah yeah i mean you could think of maybe it's like a front end and a back end team sure absolutely, or two, two two related systems that share an API surface,
0: right? So maybe, maybe the root of the issue is actually technical and there needs to be more decoupling here. And, uh, you can identify the root cause.
1: Even if you don't have an API where you, your team produces something, the other team uses or vice versa, you could think of it as an API and think of it as uh, this is a boundary that you don't really control what goes on on the other side, but you need to make sure that you don't ruin their lives and then create Kind of like a an API contract in air quotes between the teams. Mm-hmm. How you can deliver stuff without needing to change uh, or affect them too much. And then, I mean, just with APIs, they do change and you version them. There are there are approaches to making changes in a in a way that won't disrupt other people too. Mm-hmm. Um, treat them more like computers, I guess, is what I'm saying. <laughs> That's my management <laughs> advice. Treat these humans more more like ugh. sounds weird when I say it. Put them in a Docker container. Yeah. Yeah. You'd probably need Kubernetes for humans. (laughs) So when you talked about um, needing to add clarity to your responsibilities, in my head, I see this conversation going like, Alfie says, hey, I'm unsure what, what I do without needing your permission. And then this person is like, well, Everything. All of it. Yeah. You just got to run it all by me. (laughs) And then it turns into this power struggle of like who controls more of the overlap, you know? How do you avoid that?
0: Well, at that point, you just need to do underhanded things to make their team look bad until eventually he caves.
1: (laughs) Fill all their whiteboard markers with ketchup. So they try and write on the whiteboard and just squirts out everywhere. Perfect. Oh what an idiot. I can see
0: <laughs> I can see you've played politics before. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> I've won plenty of interdepartmental <laughs> conflicts.
0: It's not your first rodeo. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I've replaced a lot of coffee with ground-up <laughs> pencil shavings. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I've never drank coffee, so it might be, it might I might be, be a might be little off on the flavor. but <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> uh, okay, so I have a story about this. At a previous okay. company, I was in a management position uh, leading about, I guess, about 40 engineers. And my boss was the CTO. And there was one point where there was a decision to be made that I thought clearly fell within my purview to make this decision and my boss swooped in and actually kind of accidentally made the decision for me and kind of overruling me actually which you know in your boss's scenario that's i guess within your boss's purview generally i mean you you do eventually report up to this person mm-hmm. um but i got really upset about that i was pretty mad and I, and i so i sat down with him later and i was like hey I you know like what's my role here? like if I'm not making these decisions, what the heck decisions can I make? you know, and I said, I feel like I have to run everything by you because it was kind of a side effect of the lingering issue, and, and so we actually sat down and we we nailed down specifically areas where he felt I should have complete autonomy and then areas where he wanted to be wanted to participate, and then of course, he wrote himself a little bit of a blank check and said, I reserve the right to participate in any of these decisions because you know ultimately I own them as do you. And even though I trust you to do it, mm-hmm. I expect to be able to participate at my own discretion, which I which I can respect and appreciate. This scenario is a little different because it's actually two people who are peers instead of a, a subordinate relationship. And I would, I would still sit down with them. And even though you can't rely on your shared boss to help you negotiate or navigate this situation, I would still sit down with them and say, look, in the interest of moving fast being able to have autonomy and growing the team as we need to, we need to sketch out our areas of responsibility. And you might even use the term team charters and say within the team charter, you're fully autonomous. You make the decisions you want in cross charter issues. That's when we collaborate, but let's make sure we we minimize that set of things. And I'll bet you could have a pretty productive conversation in those terms.
1: Yeah. That sounds very reasonable. As long as you do it, Dave, it sounds like you'd be great at that conversation. <laughs> I don't know. I get pretty <laughs> upset. <laughs> When people <laughs> I mean I was pretty mad at my boss
0: and, and I think he could sense it and he was, he was what is,
1: well what does pretty mad look like for Dave? Like like saying bad things about him to other people. Um like saying, Oh, I'm I'm so upset that this happened and
0: Yeah, like uh I mean I, it's not like I put ketchup in anyone in anyone's whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll
1: mature someday to words. <laughs> I'm still stuck at the condiment stage. I think that was from Freud. i just have this image in my head of you know how kids will like sit next to each other in the back seat of a car and one of them will just like keep scooting over
0: yeah into the person's personal space yeah yeah and then
1: you just like you suddenly you just get the whole back seat and the person in the (laughs) other seat has to like move to the floor or something i don't know (laughs) that's
0: what's happening here right yeah yeah (laughs) Are you saying that maybe it's a power play on the part of the other manager?
1: I don't know if it could be. I, well, it definitely could be. It also could be a deliberate power play. But the effect of it is the same as a power play. Mm. Where yeah. uh, if you just kind of go along, then suddenly they're slowly. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like those dudes that spread their legs super wide on the train. They just like slowly <laughs> take over. And then their legs spread the whole length of the car. And they have the car to themselves. <laughs> You're just, you'll just you just become this person's so subordinate if, soon. Wait,
0: I think what you're saying, yeah, is eventually you're going to have a new boss if you yep. do nothing.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you will run all decisions by him. And that's called because your boss. Because he's your boss. <laughs> yep. And eventually he's going to approach your boss and say, look, you know, we may as well make this official. I'm, I'm practically the guy's boss anyway. And then he moves to the next cart. <laughs> and then your boss will have a new boss.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Your boss gets pushed off the... Off the uh, car seat? Yep. This guy's a genius.
1: (laughs) He's unlocked the secret. Yeah, I I really like what you said, Dave, about um, going to him and talking to him about it. And and especially making it about helping the teams work effectively. Because I I think this person probably wants that. Yep, I think so too. All right. Have we answered the question? Pretty much. Okay, good luck, Alfie. Alfie said uh, in what we didn't mention that worst case he could just quit like yeah yep (laughs) so try that if if what we said doesn't work try that (laughs) okay how can people get their own questions answered dave if you would like
0: to be subjected to the same terrible advice that we give every week for your own personal situation feel free to hit soft skills.audio and click the ask a question button you can leave as much detail or as little as you want and you can even remain anonymous
1: we have terrible advice for every situation. Yes. Even yours. <laughs> no situation is too small for our terrible advice. <laughs> yep. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks.